if everything goes according to plan for the development, you're going to make a lot more money than you would for the apartment syndication. But you won't make that money for a longer period of time, and the risk of not making any money at all and losing your investors' money is a lot higher. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us. And he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, In addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with him to successfully close on deals. When we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record, but we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, you know, he's brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there and we've built a relationship with him and Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then He's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals. And people who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor, but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've, the deal you've got And assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors. Uh, All you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, But besides that, you know, the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com and his phone number 212-897-9875. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail and we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, Best of the Listeners. This is your host of the Syndication School, Theo Hicks. And this episode is part two 
of the Y Apartments Indication series. So in part one, we had a discussion about what an apartment indication is, as well as the overall process to give you a glimpse of the information we will be going over during the syndication school series. And then we had a discussion around the pros and cons of raising money to buy apartments versus using your own money, as well as whether you should be active in apartment syndications, so be the general partner, or if you should be passive and be a passive investor in apartment syndications based off of how the pros and cons of those two scenarios affect your current situation. In part two, this episode, we're going to go into more detail about the various investment strategies and how those compare to apartment syndications. So by listening to this episode, I want you to listen to it similarly as you listen to the first part, which I mean that when I go over these pros and cons, they're not necessarily objective and going to sound the same to everyone. For some people, the pros are going to outweigh the cons for certain scenarios, for certain strategies, whereas for other people, the cons are going to outweigh the pros for other strategies. So the purpose of these pros and con lists are for you to listen and apply them to your life and ask yourself if the certain pro or certain con is important. And just as an example, in the previous episode when we were doing the pros and cons of the limited partner versus general partner, one of the pros of being a general partner is the control. So you've got control over the entire apartment syndication process. Now for some people, that control is great because they have a lot of time. They want to actually be a full-time apartment syndicator and create their own business. Whereas someone else might be listening to this and saying, well, I like my full-time job. I don't have time to spare to create a business from scratch, so I'd much rather have the benefits of investing in apartments without all the extra work, and I'm willing to give up control in order to do so, well then, passive investing and being a limited partner is better for you. So that's how you should approach these pros and cons lists. In this episode, we're going to be comparing apartment indications to four strategies in particular. First, we're going to compare it to SFR rentals, so single-family resident rentals. Next, we're going to compare it to smaller multifamily. So these are buildings with 2 to 50 units, whereas apartments are going to be 50 plus units. And I'll get into why I use that classification in that section. Then, thirdly, we're going to compare it to REITs and other similar types of stock investments. And then finally, we're going to compare apartment indications to development. So just to review, apartment syndication in its most basic sense, is you raising money from other people to buy apartment communities and sharing the profits. So how does that strategy compare to single-family rentals? So the first pro is going to be the scalability, right? So let's say you have a goal to make $100,000 a year, and you determine that you're going to need 100 doors to accomplish that, right? I'm just using these as basic numbers. So what's easier to scale up to? 100 single-family homes or 100 apartment doors? 
which could be bought between multiple apartments or just one apartment, right? So the cash flow for 100 single families and compared to 100 apartments is not going to be the exact same. But you are able to scale up with apartments faster than you are able to scale up with single family homes in regards to the cash flow because it'll take a lot longer to buy 100 single family homes than it would be to buy one apartment community. You've also got financing to take into account. So how are you going to finance 100 single family homes when you're only able to get four to 10 loans on your own, right? So you're gonna have to get creative there. Whereas for an apartment community, they're going to base the financing on the apartment itself, not necessarily you as a borrower. Of course, you need to have certain liquidity and net worth requirements in order to qualify for financing, but that could be partner up with someone who has those requirements. And also, how are you going to fund these deals? So funding 100 single family homes using either your own money, which would take time, and let alone qualifying for financing for, but at the same time, you could technically raise money for 100 single family homes, but would it be easier to raise money for 100 single family homes one deal at a time or raising it for one large apartment community where you can bring in a lot of investors and they won't necessarily have to fund the entire purchase price or the entire equity investment. And at the same time, if you are going to be investing in single family homes raising money, you're likely to need to find multiple deals at once in order to satisfy the return requirements for your investors. Another pro of apartment syndications to single family rentals is the ease of finding deals. Now, I'm not saying it's easier to find an apartment than it is a single single family home, but using our example, it's gonna be easier to find one 100 unit apartment community than it would be to find 100 single family homes. Finding 100 single family homes is going to take some time. Generally speaking, I'm sure there's strategies out there to buy massive packages of single family homes, but regardless, that's going to take some more effort. Whereas for finding an apartment, you can speak with brokers to find on-market listings or do some lead generation strategy to find an off-market deal. And all you need to do is find that one hunter unit and compare that to how long it would take to find 100 single family homes. The next pro for apartment syndications compared to single family rentals is going to be the economies of scale. So when you have these 100 single-family homes, it's 100 roofs, it's 100 mechanicals, so HVAC, you have 100 driveways, lawns to take care of, and then you have a property management company likely to oversee all of those, but they're not all in one central location, so it's going to cost more to have that company manage those 100 units compared to them managing one 100-unit building in one location. And also, you're going to be able to have a better offering for your residents because in a single-family home, yes, they have the home to themselves, but in apartments, there's going to be shared amenities. You know, they can have a pool, clubhouse, fitness center, washer and dryer facilities, storage, lockers, things like that. And at the same time, from your perspective, you could charge extra for that, and that would increase your revenue. Whereas for the single-family homes, you'd have trouble charging extra for amenities, and you'd have trouble even having those amenities on such a small scale. And then also, and this is a big one, is the risk factor. So when you're investing in single-family homes, you've got pretty low margins for each house. to maybe making a couple hundred bucks per door per month. And what happens when you lose that one resident who's there? You don't have your revenue spread out across multiple units. 
you've got one unit. And so if someone's living there, you're making money. If someone's not living there, you're losing money. Also, if you have to do an eviction or a turnover, that is going to have a greater impact on your bottom line for a single-family home investor than for a large apartment. Because if you've got one turnover, one eviction, yeah, it's going to cost you some money, but you've got your other units that are still occupied and paying rent. Also, what happens if you have a big-ticket repair? What happens if you place a roof or replace HVAC or replace a parking lot? Or replace the siding, right? It's going to probably cost more for an apartment because it's got a bigger roof, bigger siding, etc. But at the same time, the margins are a lot higher on apartments. So you're making more money and you're able to afford those repairs more than you're able to afford them for a single family home. And one big ticket repair for a couple thousand dollars on an apartment, yeah, it's unexpected. It's going to be frustrating, but on a single-family home, that could wipe out profit for multiple years. So overall, the pros for apartment syndications compared to single-family rentals are the scalability. You can scale faster with apartments, and you'll have more cash flow and more flexibility with financing. It's easier to find a 100-unit apartment deal compared to 100 single-family homes. You also have the benefits of economies of scale, right? You're not going to have multiple roofs, multiple HVAC systems. Property management will be in one central location. You'll be able to have economies of scales in regard to your expenses, as well as the ability to have shared amenities, which will result in additional revenue. And finally, apartments are actually less risky than single-family rentals, again, due to the low margins of single-family rentals and profits being wiped out with a turnover, a vacancy, an eviction, and a big-ticket repair item. Now, the con of apartment syndications compared to single-family rentals. And this is going to be a con that's mostly across the board for the majority of the strategies we're going to be comparing apartment syndications to. And that's going to be that barrier of entry. So that educational barrier of entry needed to have a solid education and understanding and grasp of the apartment syndication process and the terms before even considering to launch your career. You're going to need experience in real estate and or business. And then of course, once you have those in place, you're going to need to find a team. You're going to need to raise money. Whereas if you're going to buy single family rentals, technically you could just learn about real estate yesterday and try to buy a single family home the next day, as long as you have the money, because it's not as complicated as an apartment syndication. And that's going to be something that is again, consistent across the board. But as I mentioned in part one of the series, The next series that we do is going to be a discussion around the educational and experience requirements, which means what you need from an educational and an experience perspective, and then how you actually attain and gain the education experience required to become an apartment indicator. So as I mentioned, all these cons we will give you a solution for. So that wraps up the comparison to single family rentals. What about other multifamily? So smaller multifamily, two units to 50 units. The reason why I classify smaller multifamilies as 2 to 50 units and then apartments as 50 or more units because generally speaking, once you get above 50 units, you will have on-site property management company. So that's going to be the first pro of the apartment syndication strategy versus the smaller multifamily is you're able to have on-site property management, which comes with a better experience for your residents. So someone's actually on 
the sites that they can go and talk to if they have problems. You've got someone on site to address problems as they come up. You've got someone on site to show the units and for walk-ins. And essentially, you've got someone who's there during the day to address any issue that comes up. And of course, since they're always there, they're going to have a better understanding of the property and be able to stay on top of things more than a property management company who is not the property, maybe visits it once a week and isn't there all the time. And also, you're still going to have the economies of scale of the apartment compared to the smaller multifamily. It's not going to be as beneficial as it would be compared to single-family rentals, but you still have a better economy of scale because you're going to have a lower management fee. The more units that you have, you're going to have the ability to have potentially an on-site maintenance team, which could save you some money, whereas having to contract out the maintenance every single time something happens. Just kind of contracts in general. You can have a landscaping contract, a pool contract to make sure you're maintaining everything. And then also, similarly, when compared to single-family rentals, when you're comparing apartments to the smaller multifamily, you have the opportunity to offer these shared amenities, which will allow you to have extra income, which kind of transitions into the third pro, which is you're going to have an overall better offering for your residents at these larger properties. Because since it is larger, you're able to offer better amenities that wouldn't really make financial sense at a smaller multifamily property. So yeah, maybe you have a pool at a 50 unit, but would it make sense to have a fitness center or a clubhouse or a dog park, playground, grill at these smaller properties? Whereas that's common at these larger properties. Of course, having these extra amenities are more attractive to the residents and allow you to charge a higher rent. Another less obvious pro and something that I recently came across is that it's going to be easier to find rental comps for the larger apartments compared to these two to 50 unit buildings. Because what you're going to find when you're looking at rental comps is, of course, when you're doing a rental comp analysis, the properties need to be similar. So if you have something below 50 units, you're not going to have these better offerings, these amenities, the pools, the fitness centers, the clubhouses, the dog parks, and the sorts. Whereas the properties that you're coming across in your market are going to be larger and are going to have those. And so you can't use these larger apartments as rental comps for smaller multifamily. You have to use these smaller multifamilies, which aren't as prevalent as these larger buildings. So you might have to go a little bit further out to find a rental comp, or you might have to find a rental comp that's upgraded to a higher quality than yours, which of course you're able to adjust down or up depending on how those compare. But it's much better to have a rental comp that's very, very similar to the subject property and you're going to have a much easier time finding that like property in regards to interior quality operations and amenities offered for the larger apartments than for the smaller multifamily rentals. It's possible, but you're going to have a harder time. And then, again, the con of larger apartments to these smaller family rentals is going to be that barrier of entry. Now, the barrier of entry is going to be higher for these smaller multifamilies than they would be for single-family homes, but still, it's not going to be as high as it would be for these larger apartments. But it's going to be much closer because you're still going to need to find a property management company. You're still going to need the experience and and educational requirements because you are dealing with multifamily, even though that they are smaller. But you're going to need to raise more money for these larger apartments, which is going to take more time on your part, whereas you might be able to take down a smaller multifamily unit with the money that you personally have or by raising money from your current network. 
So that wraps up the comparison between apartments and vacations and smaller multifamily rentals. Now, what about something that's not necessarily you buying actual properties, but more a passive investment, which is going to be a REIT, which is a real estate investment trust. The textbook definition of a REIT is a company that owns, operates, or finances income-producing real estate that generates revenue, which is paid out to shareholders in the form of dividends. So essentially, a company buys a ton of real estate, whether it's apartments, commercial, retail, medical, single-family homes, whatever it happens to be, depending on the company. And together, with these packages of properties, it creates a revenue just like any other property would. And you, buying a REIT, are buying essentially shares of the company that owns all these properties, and you are paid out dividends. It's very, very similar to a stock, but it's like owning a stock in an actual real estate company. So REITs are very similar to passively investing in apartment syndications, but not as beneficial. So the pros and cons of apartments versus REITs is going to be very similar to the pros and cons of being an active syndicator versus being a passive investor in a syndication. So what are the pros? So one of the major pros are going to be the returns of being an apartment syndicator. So based off of the previous five years, the return on a REIT, if you had invested in it five years ago, would have been about 25% overall. So it's a little bit over 5% each year. So if you invested $100,000, at the end of five years, you'd have $125,000. So profit of $25,000. Now the apartment indicator, not only will you make more money than that as you investing that same amount of money in your own deal as a limited partner, assume you've got an 8% preferred return, each year plus the profit split, which would be about a 20% return annualized for the five-year hold, which would be essentially double your money. But you will likely make more than that 25% from the REIT. You'll make more than that on your acquisition fee alone. Now, in a future episode, we're going to go over all the different ways you can make money as a general partner. And one of the ways, and the first ways you get paid is the acquisition fee at closing, which is going to be a percentage of the purchase price. And depending on the size of the deal, if you have a million dollar deal and the acquisition fee is 2%, that's going to be 20 grand right there. So you've got your 20 grand from the get-go, whereas if you invested 100 grand into a REIT, you're only making 25 grand. Whereas you're getting 20 grand for not necessarily investing any of your money. So overall, you will make a lot more money and your ROI is gonna be a lot higher by being an apartment syndicator, even if you're not even investing in your own deal. Another pro is going to be the control. So when you're investing in REITs, you can only control the type of REIT you invest in and then when you buy and sell your stock. Whereas for apartment syndications, as I mentioned in the previous episode, you have control of everything. The investment strategy, where you actually buy the property, the size of the property that you buy, the return structure with your investors, the business plan, the renovations, when you sell, you have control over essentially everything. And you don't have that same level of control with REITs because REITs are a lot more passive. Another pro of the apartment syndication strategy versus REITs are going to be the tax benefits. So as an apartment syndicator, you're going to get the tax benefits that come from real estate. So that's depreciation write-offs. You have the opportunity to do a cost segregation analysis, which we will discuss in a future episode, but essentially a analyst comes in and breaks down the entire property into its components and then determines 
which of those components can have accelerated taxes on or the depreciation can be accelerated on so that you can essentially have a much larger write-off when you perform this cost segregation as opposed to having it spread out over the life of the, no, I think it's 17.5 years for commercial properties. So sure, there's some tax benefits for REITs, but not nearly as great as they are for investing in real estate, which is why people like to invest in real estate. Now, the cons of apartment syndications compared to REITs, besides the same barrier to entry from an education experience and a prerequisite standpoint, i.e. building your team and raising money, is going to be the liquidity. So for REITs, just like stocks, you can sell whenever you want. Yeah, you'll be taxed, but you can get your money out quickly and be liquid and use it for whatever it is you want to use it for, whether it be buying more real estate, going on a vacation, buying a car, whatever it happens to be. Whereas for apartment syndications, if you were to invest as a limited partner in your own deal, that capital is going to be tied up until you sell the property, refinance, or get a supplemental loan. And if you aren't investing in your own deal, you're still going to build up equity in that property, which won't be realized until the sale of the property. But you do, however, get a upfront acquisition fee. And if you charge other fees to your investors, whether it be a a fee for signing the loan, or if you can charge a fee once you refinance the loan, there are ways to get liquid upfront and during the business plan, but you're not going to get the majority of your money back or you're not going to get the majority of the money that you've made until you actually sell the property. So that's the comparison of syndications to REITs. The last comparison we're going to do is going to be apartment syndications compared to apartment development. And we're not going to focus on this one too much because I actually did a debate with a developer whose name is Evan Holliday. And if you want to listen to about 45 minutes of a back and forth between the pros and cons of apartment syndication versus developments, check out that episode. And that is episode number 1423. That's 1423. A debate between me and Evan Holiday. But just very quickly, the pros of apartment syndications to development are going to be less risk, of course. Now, apartment syndications come with risk, but compared to development, there's much less because as you will learn in the episode with Evan Holiday, you could be analyzing a deal for years, spending money in the process, and never even closing on the deal. So the process of identifying an opportunity to closing is way longer, which means the opportunity of losing the deal goes up and losing the money that was spent in the meantime. At the same time, even once you actually have the deal under contract and then you close and then you start the development process, that's still going to be a multi-year process and whatever capital was invested is going to be tied up until then and is not going to be returned. And of course, since you're building something from the ground up, there are a lot more variables involved in that and a lot more things could go wrong. And if something were to go wrong, you would end up losing all of your money Whereas for apartment syndications, a lot less risky. And yes, your capital is going to be tied up, but you're going to see an ongoing return. And as long as the syndicator follows the three immutable laws of real estate investing, which are buy for cash flow, not appreciation, secure long-term debt, and have cash reserves, then you are 
mitigating the risk and are preserving the capital, whereas that's not necessarily true for development. And at the same time, you're building something that is completely brand new, which also comes with this risk, whereas for apartments, it's already there. You know that at the very least, you're going to be making the same money that the current owner was making, whereas for development, yeah, you can make a ton of money, but at the same time, the project could completely flop and you don't make any money. So basically, there's a lot more variables for development, which brings more risk. Also, apartments, you can close on them faster, so... The closing period is 60 to 90 days after you put the deal on a contract, but it could be about 60 to 90 days, maybe even less, from identifying the opportunity to putting it under contract, depending on whether it's on market or off market. Whereas I mentioned before, developments could take years to close, if ever. You also get faster returns for apartment syndications. So you as a syndicator are going to make your money up front. Once the deal is closed, you'll make money on an ongoing basis and then at sale. Whereas for development, you're not going to really make any money until the project is completed. And then there's also going to be a lower barrier of entry. So the developer is going to need the same background as someone investing in apartments because that's what they're doing. But on top of that, they're going to need to have a stronger construction understanding. They're going to have to build up relationships with local government for zoning permits design approval. So there's a political aspect to it. They should have to work with people within the community to figure out what it is they actually want out of the building. They have to work with architects to design the building. And those are all things that an apartment indicator does not necessarily need to do. Or if they do need to do that, not to such a high degree. And then, of course, really the, the only con of the apartment indication compared to development is the overall return. So if everything goes according to plan for the development, you're going to make a lot more money than you would for the apartment syndication. But you won't make that money for a longer period of time and the risk of not making any money at all and losing your investor's money is a lot higher. So that concludes the comparison of apartment syndications to development. Now, as I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, what you want to do is you want to listen to the pros of apartment syndications and the cons and determine how those relate to you. So, for example, when you are comparing apartment syndications to single-family rentals, how important is scalability to you? How important is economies of scale? How important is that lower risk? Are those worth the extra time investment required to actually enter the apartment syndication field in regards to the education, experience, and building your team and, and raising money aspect, right? For some people, they might say, well, all that time it's going to take to educate myself and gain experience isn't worth the extra benefits of apartment syndication, so I'm just going to continue investing in single-family rentals. That's fine, but I do recommend continuing to listen to the syndication tool because we're going to give you lots and lots of tips on how to expedite the educational and experience requirements. But that's how to approach this and learn all the different benefits and the con of becoming an apartment syndicator compared to all the other strategies to make sure that it is going to be the ideal fit for you. So that concludes this series, Why Apartment Syndication. In part one, we discussed what apartment syndications are and talked about the pros and cons of raising money versus using other people's money as well as whether you should be a active syndicator or passively invest first. 
And then in part two, we discussed the pros and cons of apartment syndication compared to four different strategies. Single family rentals, smaller multifamily being two to 50 units, REITs, and development. The next series in the syndication school is going to be a conversation around the requirements needed before becoming an apartment syndicator. So thank you for listening and I will see you next week. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. Need more investors for your fund, sales for your books, or courses? Whether you're seeking investors or content sales, Luo Media Group is a digital marketing expert that can help make your marketing make money. Get a free consult at luo. M-E-D-I-A-G-R-O-U-P dot com forward slash best ever.